Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Tuesday, July 26, 2022, and this episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model for win probability and totals using hitter and pitcher projections I've created along with weather data in order to make one side pick and one total pick on every game that's played Monday through Sunday, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean that I recommend you do the same. It's my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on and explain with a model or I like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. And as I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so what I'll give you are loves, likes, and links to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to say it'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, yesterday, overall, down just a, a little bit, not really too much. The weird thing is we finally got the B and the C picks to cooperate with us, and then the A picks fell apart. A couple of really surprising results late last night. The Nats, not just winning, but winning handily against the Dodgers. Uh, and, I've, and I've talked about Gonsolin. I really don't think he's as good as those numbers, and I'm not surprised that Nats scored a, a few off of them. That's why I said I kind of like the over. Just the Dodgers only scoring one run, I think, is one of the, is, is a very surprising result. Um it's surprising they lost um, and really surprising they only scored one run. The Astros talked about maybe playing down to the competition. Odorisi looked very bad. He'd looked, been fairly solid, uh, you know, before the injury, even coming back. And, uh, you know, really surprising that he struggled as much against a bad A's offense in that park. Um, and then Manaya struggling too for the Tigers. That was a little bit surprising. Uh, against that weak Tigers offense. Again, not so much that the Padres lost. Uh, I don't think that's the craziest thing in the world like we always talk about, even with the A plays. Like, they're gonna, a lot of them are going to lose. I think it was just the fact that he looked so bad. So he had some really surprising things yesterday in those three games. Um, again, maybe not so much the results, but just certain things within them. And that's just a reminder, of course, that's sports, that's baseball, that's, that's gambling. You just never know, right? Same thing you're playing blackjack, right? Every once in a while, you, you know, you're like a seven-card 21, you're like, what are the odds, right? So that's just the way it goes. We got the BNC picks to work. The Apex didn't. That's kind of been the way it's been going. But hey, if we can get it all going together here, of course, that's uh, that's the goal. But a couple of really good ones today that I like for you. And before we get to that, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you're yeah, please consider subscribing or following. It's free and the only way, assuming you turn notifications on, to ensure you don't miss any. The college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Share with a friend if you know there's in the game. Hit me up on Twitter or drop a comment on YouTube. I love those and try to respond to as many as I can. We've also partnered with Horse Racing Today. For those of you who like to play the ponies, you can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. They're a team of five with a lot of years of handicapping horse races. There isn't an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. Today, their favorite play is over at Parks Racetrack, and it's race number eight. If you're interested in that, check out their YouTube shows or their website. The links are in the description. One day game for us, the Cubs cooperating, giving us something to pay attention to in the afternoon. It'll be a 2.20 Eastern first pitch. They're sizable favorites over the Pirates here. And what should be a nice day if you're able to get out in the afternoon at the ballpark there at Wrigley Field. It'll be upper 70s to start, upper 70s to close. The winds will be blowing in, in slash across at about 10 miles an hour the entire game. Early on in the game, it's going to be either in from right field or maybe in across from right field blowing towards left but it should shift a little bit by the time the game is that's the projection right now obviously things can change and just a subtle shift there and that ballpark kind of makes a difference so if it shifts and it's much more across and creates more of a neutral wind it wouldn't take much to shift that is a very different situation than if it's shifted more blowing in from right by the end of the game it does look like it's more what it's going to be it's kind of guiding my a grade play here for this under i don't really trust either offense the cubs bullpen is solid. Um, two pitchers I don't really love, but two offenses that I just, again, don't really like. And again, if the wind's going to be blowing in, that's going to really help us out here. I've got an A grade under 8.5 here at minus 106 odds. The model says 7.6. We got the under last night, you know, a little bit of a fear of extra innings maybe, but otherwise it was pretty easy under. And I see this one playing out pretty similarly. I just don't think either offense can really score. We've seen it time and time again this year with baseball. Mediocre pitching, mediocre offense. 
bad offense, bad pitching, whatever it is, if it's kind of neutral, that's when the pitchers tend to win. And I think that's what we're going to see today. Bryce Wilson for the Pirates, he ain't good. 652 here, right? Now, the advanced metrics do say it should be about two runs better than that. But he still rates pretty poorly in my database. He's not a guy I have a lot of confidence in. And Keegan Thompson, kind of a similar story in that I don't have a lot of confidence in him, but for every different reason. He's actually got a 343 ERA on the season, but the projection is about a full run higher than that. He's a guy who we're not really sure exactly how deep he's going to go into the game. That provides more bullpen innings. That provides more variability. But the Cubs' bullpen's decent enough. That's probably not a bad thing. The Cubs should win this game. I like Thompson more than Wilson. That's not that I like Thompson in general. I do think he's below average on the whole uh, because, again, the, the number of innings that you go does matter. Uh, but it's mainly I don't like Bryce Wilson here. I like Thompson more than Wilson. I like the Cubs' bullpen more than the Pirates' bullpen. I like the Cubs' offense more than the Pirates' offense. The Cubs are at home. The Cubs should win this game. I've got a B-grade pick on it, minus 172. The model says minus 178. It's about as high as I want to go on the odds for a B-grade. It's... Minus 175 is really the cut point. If, you, if you're looking at that number, that's really the cut point between a B and a C grade, in my opinion. We are laying a pretty steep price here for the Cubs. But I just think that they're the better side. They're going to win today. If it's close like last night, you trust the Pirates' bullpen is going to give something up. But I do think it'll stay low scoring enough that even when the Pirates' bullpen does give up some runs, that I'll still stay under that 8.5. really see this being a 6-2 to two five to one type ball game. I don't see a lot of runs being scored, but I don't really see how the Pirates win this one. The deck is kind of stacked against them. That doesn't mean they can't win. We've, we saw yesterday weird things happen in baseball. So this deck was stacked against the Nats last night too. But in general, if they play this game enough times, they need the Cubs at a price like minus 172 is a solid investment. Again, as I think the under is as well. So the night game, 640 Eastern first pitch, Marlins at the Reds. Mid-70s to start, low-70s to close in this one. Maybe a slight reason, but it'll say under five miles an hour. There's no real wind effect. Pablo Lopez versus Hunter Green. Pablo Lopez is a guy I've talked about all season. Really like this guy. 314 ERA. The advanced metrics say it should be about a half run higher, but that's still pretty good numbers there for him. Uh, Hunter Green for the Reds, on the other hand, a 578 ERA. Now, the underlying metrics say it should be about a run better, but it's still not great. He's a little bit below average, according to the model. So pretty solid starting pitcher edge for the Marlins. And, of course, a bullpen edge for the Marlins as well. But the Marlins' offense is just a disaster right now, and the Reds' offense is decent enough. So that's kind of why this balance is back out and the game in Cincinnati. The model says Marlins should be the Marlins should be a minus 108 favorite, so a slight edge to the Marlins here. And I tend to agree with that. I think that the pitching edge that the Marlins have is larger than the hitting edge that the Reds have. It's kind of a coin tossy type game. I'll be on the Marlins just because I don't want to go against Pablo Lopez. We've seen too many times him just dominate a game. And it's not the conditions in Great American Ballpark tonight where I expect a ton of runs. Like last night, we had that over, and that was fairly easy. It was it's set up to be a high-scoring night. And when it sets up to be a high-scoring night, the starting pitchers, I don't want to say they matter – you know, they don't matter, but they, but they matter a little bit less because there's a, there's a higher likelihood that they get run early and then run into the bullpens. But tonight, being in the mid to low 70s, no, the wind's not blowing out. It is still a hitter-friendly ballpark. It's not going to be easy to prevent runs necessarily, but given that it's not set up to be a high-scoring night, there's a higher likelihood that a guy like Pablo Lopez just, you know, throw, goes out there and can throw seven innings, um, have a good night. And so in that scenario, I just don't want to be against the Marlins knowing – in general, I still think Pablo Lopez is kind of under undervalued. I still think he's a guy that, you know, you got value backing for the most part. So I'll take the Marlins at minus 110. Only a lean, though. I don't think it's a really good price. I really love a price like minus 105 or even money if you get something like that. I think now you're talking about some better value. Minus 110, it's a side I'd rather be on, but it's not one that I think is a great investment in the portfolio tonight. But I do like the under 8.5. It's a B-grade pick for me, especially at minus 105 odds. Model says 8.1. 8 seems about right for this game. Again, it's not hitter-friendly conditions. The Marlins offense is terrible. Hunter Green isn't great, but Hunter Green is less bad than this Marlins terrible offense. Again, the Marlins are really right-handed heavy. That doesn't set them up for success against a right-handed pitcher in Green. Uh, the Reds offense, uh, also right-handed heavy, does worse against right-handed uh, pitching. 
it sets up to be more of an under spot here, despite this being a header-friendly ballpark and a ballpark that's seen a lot of runs. I don't think this is the spot for it. I like the under, but again, given how hitter-friendly that park is, I can't give it an A grade because it's not, you know, 60 degrees and the ball's just not going to go anywhere, that sort of thing, or 55 degrees. It's not one of those chilly April days. Uh, I think it's under conditions. It's just uh, not so favorable, not so much value that I think it's worth the A grade, but I do think the under is worth a look. 7 to 5 Eastern first pitch Braves at the Phillies. About 80 degrees to start, mid-70s to close. Slight breeze either out or across, but it should stay around 5 miles an hour. So no real wind effect in this one. Just kind of an average night here in Philadelphia weather-wise. Two pitchers I really like, Spencer Strider and Aaron Nola. Strider with a 303 ERA, and the advanced metrics have it at a 229. The biggest problem with Strider, talked about this before, is the walks. The pitch count gets up there. He doesn't go very deep. Now, in general... The Braves do have a good bullpen. They pair him up with a guy who can go a couple innings, a guy like Colin McHugh, uh, for instance, or just any number of their arms are just really good in the pen. That mitigates that effect a little bit. But in general, he allows just too many base runners and struggles to get through innings. That's kind of the last piece for him. And, of course, he's a young guy. I say last piece. It's, it's his rookie season. You know, <laughs> Anytime we're talking about the last piece for a guy in his rookie season, that's pretty good. I, I really I really like him. I think he's got a huge future. He's not quite to that top tier yet, but where he is now is still fantastic for being a rookie. Again, he's got an 81 grade in my model. That's so good, especially for a rookie. I like Strider a lot. I think he's a really good pitcher. Aaron Nola, even better. He gets a 71 grade, a top five maybe pitcher, for sure top 10, a 313 ERA in the season, and the underlying numbers it should actually be better than that. And a guy who's going to give you a length. The one thing you worry about with Nola, we've talked about before, is every once in a while he just has one inning where he seems to kind of go clueless and give up three runs. In a game like tonight, you assume he's going to stay focused the whole the whole game. That tends to happen, not always, but as a guy who owns Aaron Nola in fantasy, uh, and has for several years now in our dynasty leagues, um, I've seen I've seen Nola pitch a lot. Those those tend to happen more on weaker opponents. They tend to happen more when he's got a little bit of a lead. Not that it doesn't happen when it's a tight game, but when it's a tight game, he tends to stay a little bit more locked in. That's the hope tonight for Nola. I'm on the Phillies at plus 108. It's an A grade. I just think there's a lot of value in the Phillies. We've kind of been zigging and zagging with the Braves. It's been a real interesting story here, how the models treated them versus how the books have. There have been times when I've said, hey, the Braves are really overvalued. They're good. They're not that good. And there's times when we've been on the Braves and just said, I don't understand why they're being priced like this. They're a better team than this. So it's kind of an interesting story. I said it last night. The price in the Braves was too high, and that proved to be true. So we got a nice little underdog winner with the Phillies. It was hard to have a lot of confidence at that price, but it was a nice plus odds winner. If you put even just a half unit or something on it like that, you got a nice little payday. And I think the same thing today. I don't think this Phillies team is bad. I said it yesterday. They're not great. They're just decent enough. But they're at home with a guy like Nola. Getting plus odds, I think, is a lot of disrespect. As much as I like Strider, as much as the model likes Strider, as much as the model likes the Braves bullpen, these offenses right now, the way they're constructed, are fairly close. I've got the Braves maybe a little bit better, but I mean, it's kind of rounding here. You know, like I said, the Braves do have a better bullpen, but as good a Strider is, I take Nola over Strider any day and the game's in Philly. The model thinks the Phillies should be slight favorites in here. The model says all of that kind of balances out and the Phillies should be favored by home field advantage. I tend to agree and or think maybe a little bit less than that. Maybe Phillies... Minus 114, which is what the model says. Maybe it's a little high. Maybe it should be Phillies minus 110. At least Phillies minus 105, though. I just don't see how the Braves are really favorites on the road here. Again, as much as I like Strider against Nolan, against a, a decent Phillies team. Again, not a not a good team, not a great team, but decent enough. Phillies got a chance here, especially with Nola. Plus 108 is just a ton of value. A great pick in my mind. Total market, I think, is priced really well. Right now, the books have it at 7.5. The model says 7.4. I'll take a flyer on the under, but I have no confidence really in this one. I think it's priced really well. I think there are much better investments you can make on this one. Raise the Orioles, 7.05 Eastern first pitch, mid-70s throughout the night. The chance of rain, especially as you move on later through the evening on this one, so I want to keep an eye on there. No wind effect. Shane McClanahan versus Spencer Watkins. It'd be I'd be hard-pressed to find a situation there aren't many games. There are not many games where I'm going to have a bigger starting pitcher mismatch. This is about it. McClanahan gets a 70 grade. I think DeGrom right now is a 68. So, I mean, McClanahan is just about at the top in terms of 
good pitching. 171 area in the season. Advanced metrics say it should be in the low twos. I mean, the kid is phenomenal. Watkins gets a 118 grade. I mean, the worst one right now, I think, is in the low 130s. I mean, it's going to be hard to get much worse than this. Now, Watkins does have a 393 ERA, but the advanced metrics say it should be about a run higher. The projection's even worse than that. So a lot of smoke and mirrors. I don't think he's nearly that good. The model doesn't like Watkins at all. Huge, huge starting pitcher mismatch in favor of Tampa. But that's really all they have going for them offensively. They're maybe a little bit better than Baltimore, but not by that much. Bullpen-wise, I really trust the Orioles' bullpen more than the Rays' bullpen. I think the Rays' numbers, I mentioned this yesterday, are a little bit deflated ERA-wise because the park, I don't think they're that great. The Orioles' bullpen's been solid all season, continues every day I rerun the model. They just get a little bit better, a little bit better. They continue to impress. I remember saying this about a month, month and a half ago with the Orioles' bullpen, saying like they were kind of grading out around league average and, and the results were better, but they were still grading out in that league average market. I was kind of saying like, hey, it's an early season. It's not enough. I can't, you know, and, and but sure enough, they continue to do it. And the model keeps reacting. Say, okay, you, you keep kind of proving it to me. That Orioles bullpen looks phenomenal. I mean, as much as the starting pitcher mismatch is in favor of Tampa, to me, it's Baltimore or pass. Tampa at minus 185 is insane. If you think McClanahan's going to go out and have a good day, just bet his player props. Just I, I just cannot recommend a play on the Rays at a price like this. In Baltimore, as Solid, surprising. I can't believe I'm saying this. As solid as this Baltimore team is, a price like plus 170 is insane disrespect. Again, the model knows how much better McClanahan is than Watkins and still says that the race should only be about a minus 124 favorite. The Orioles are a solid baseball team. This price makes no sense. It's a B pick for me in the Orioles at plus 170. I cannot pass up this value. Mathematically, it's getting close to an A grade. It's just at some point the payout's big enough already. We don't need to invest more because the winning is going to be that already really high at a price like plus 170. It's too much value. I'm not saying Tampa doesn't win. They are more likely to win. McClanahan is fantastic. It's just there's a lot of ways that Tampa can lose this game at a price like minus 185. I just can't see that being a good investment. I can't see run line being a good investment on this. I think it's not a coin toss game. But it's, you know, whatever one step, two steps away from that is, the price at plus 170 is just great value in the Orioles. On the total, I'll take a flyer on the over, 7.5. Model says 8.2. It's it's somewhere between a B and a C grade. I'm just a little bit nervous. If Watkins can continue to outperform his metrics, obviously we know McClanahan's really good. I can see this being a lower scoring game. So it's not one I want to be heavily invested in. Again, the model says 8.2. I kind of think that's a tad high. I kind of think maybe more in the like 7.7 range is right. So I still think over is probably the right side here. But it's not one that I have a lot of confidence in. Again, McClanahan's too good. The Orioles' bullpen's too good. Um, so like I said, I'll take a flyer on the over, but I don't, I don't really think the total's worth investing in in this one. 707 Eastern first pitch, the Cardinals minus a couple of key guys playing at the Blue Jays. That's why the Blue Jays are such big favorites. The Cardinals offense now with the adjusted lineup, they'll have rates out at below average, according to my model. And they have a fairly good offense when everyone's playing, but not everyone is able to make the trip to Toronto. Of course, the Blue Jays still have a good offense. Both bullpens decent. Pretty big mismatch here with a starting pitcher. Pitchers tonight. I don't like Barrios. I've talked about this. I don't think he's that good. I think he's overvalued. At this point of the season, maybe that value's kind of caught up. People kind of realize he's not that good. 522 ERA on the year now. I don't think he's that bad. The advanced metrics have him more in the mid fours. He can give you some length. And so the model says he's a little bit above average, somewhere between that and average. He's just, of course, not the guy that he was at one point or that we thought he would be. But he's still a lot better than Palante. Palante does have a 334 ERA, but the advanced metrics say it's not that good. Like, he's not going to give you a lot of length and then, of course, create some variability. But in general, I think the Cardinals have a chance to win this game. I'll take a flyer. I'm at a plus 192. The model thinks the price should be 185, that the Blue Jays should be favored in this game since it's not a full Cardinals team. But, I mean, Palante's a guy, if, if it, it's tough because you never really know how teams are going to use guys. And I don't want to get sidetracked too much, but we saw it last night with the Marlins and Trevor Rogers. I've seen Rogers pitch more times than I care to admit this year for some reason. And Trevor Rogers is a guy who could go out there and he looks solid, 
and you can let him go. And he's had a couple good outings, but most nights he seems to struggle that second time through the lineup. And they keep letting him try a third time, and he keeps getting lit up that third time through. It makes zero sense. Like at some point, you have to realize if he's not got it, just pull him after two times through the lineup. It doesn't matter if it's three innings or four innings, because you know he's going to get lit up right after that. Go to your bullpen. And so you never know how managers are going to use guys. So I say that with Palante, it's kind of the same thing. Like if they use him and just kind of say, let's go three innings, let's go four innings, and let him go hard, I mean, he can be decent enough. His Cardinals bullpen's decent. I mean, there's a decent chance that the way this can, game can be managed and manipulated from a pitching standpoint, the Cardinals might be able to put together a, a pitching repertoire that kind of can match Toronto's and kind of balance it out. And then the only edge the Blue Jays have is the fact that their, their offense is a lot better for sure, but that's the only edge they'd have. But you never know what a manager's going to do. You never know how much he's going when he's going to say, based off of who knows what reason, I want to get linked out of this guy, kind of hang a guy out there to dry. You just never know. And so the model's kind of averaging out all those possibilities and saying there's a chance it kind of goes south for the Cardinals. There's a chance that it, that it doesn't. And that the, the Cardinals have a chance to win this game. You just hope that they manage those pitchers correctly. I think plus 192 offers some value. The C pick for me, if it could get into the plus 200s, it'd be a B grade pick. Um, again, great payout. Baseball's random. Anything can happen. It's just hard to lay a price like minus 210 with the Blue Jays. Even though the Cardinals aren't a full team, they're still kind of, they're still an average team. Average teams win baseball games, even against good ones. And the Blue Jays sometimes don't even look good. You never really know what you're going to get with them. So I just think it's Cardinals or pass. Plus one and two offers a little bit of value. I'll take it. What I really like here is I really like this over nine. It's an A-grade play for me. Plus 105 is a gift in my opinion. The model says 9.8. It's a hitter-friendly ballpark. You have enough questionable pitching involved in this game one way or the other. It's hard to imagine 18 sets of three outs going successfully here in this game. Somebody's going to give up some runs somewhere. The Blue Jays obviously have a really good offense. The Cardinals offense, again, still around average. The Blue Jays know how to give up runs, whether it's Barrios, whether it's someone in that bullpen. Somebody will give up some runs. Both teams are going to put up some numbers here. Again, I think this total should be 9.5, maybe even 10. So 9 at plus odds is just tremendous value. It's an A-grade play for me. Either one of these teams still can put up runs in bunches and or either one of these teams can give up runs in bunches. I love this over 9 here in Toronto, A-grade play for me. 17 Eastern first pitch, Guardians at the Red Sox, around 80 degrees to start, mid-70s to close. Winds will be blowing out in the 5 to 10 mile an hour range out to right field there at Fenway tonight. Brian Shaw is going to open for the Guardians. It'll be a bullpen type game. Kevin McCarty might be a little bit involved with a few innings. It's not going to be pretty for the Guardians with regards to who's getting innings, how it's playing out. It's going to be tough to get nine innings in against what's still an okay Red Sox offense. They're obviously kind of a shell of what they were, you know, coming out of the all-star break, going into the all-star break, you know, seemingly trying to get healthy and it's just kind of falling apart again on them. Stress Sox offense is still okay. The Guardians going to give up some runs here. It's not, like I said, it's not a great pitching setup for them today. They're just kind of piece, trying to piece it together. But it's not a great pitching setup for the Red Sox either. Winkowski, a 430 ADRA advanced metrics kind of line up with that. Just kind of an average pitcher against an average Guardians offense. This game to me is kind of like we talked about yesterday. It's just a coin tossy type situation here. I've got the Red Sox at minus 118, which is basically home field advantage. And that kind of aligns. I don't really love the pitching setup for the Guardians, but I don't really love Winkowski either. I give the Red Sox a slight edge there just because I think the Red Sox pitching is um, at least a little bit lower variable than what the Guardians will be doing, trying to find nine innings in who knows where. But otherwise, the offenses are about the same. The Guardians maybe a little bit better. Guardians' bullpen's a little bit better, but they will be taxed. I mean, it's just all kind of a who-the-heck-knows type situation. Why the Red Sox are a minus 141 favorite blows my mind. Guardi Guardians at plus 130 is an A-grade play. Way too much value to pass up here. If it's a if it's a coin tossy type game, I know the Red Sox are at home, but a coin tossy type game, even on the road, give me plus 130 every day of the week. I want as many units as reasonable, as a reasonable percentage of our bankroll, because in the long run, that's going to pay off. 
I think the Guardians make a lot of sense here. I don't know if they win necessarily, but I think the payout is good enough to warrant an investment on them. The total, I think, is priced pretty well. The model says 10.5, so 10 at minus 121. I'll take the over, but it's not one that I think is a great investment, in my opinion. We've seen Fenway Park be a little bit weird. It can give up a ton of runs, and the offenses just get rolling and you know hitting balls in the weird you know, off the monster and in the weird nooks and crannies out there in center field and right center field and, you know, hooked home runs on the right field line. And then you see games where it's just the the park actually kind of favors hitters where or favors pitchers where it's like the deep fly balls just go to the wrong part of the park and hang up for, for outs, you know. So it's it kind of been a variable ballpark this year. There have been a lot of really big overs and a lot of really big unders. So, like I said, the model thinks tends a little bit low, but at minus 121, it's not worth a huge investment in my opinion. 17 Eastern short time Yankees at the Mets, a game that I think also not worth a huge investment period. I think this one's priced really well. Jordan Montgomery versus Tywin Walker. Both pitchers are pretty good. They rate pretty similarly. I like both these guys. There's not much to say about either one of them. The advanced metrics do think they're a little bit worse than their numbers, but they're still good pitchers. Yankees offense a little bit better than the Mets. Bullpens give the Mets a slight edge. Mets are at home. It should be a really interesting game. But I don't have a clue who's going to win. The model says Yankees minus 107. I'll take the Yankees minus 114. But it's priced really well. There's really no edge, in my opinion. As of right now, I think it's priced right on the money. So like I said, I'll take a flyer on the Yankees just because the model tends to – the model has tended to say – had a hard time dealing with the Yankees this year. And so anytime I can take the Yankees, I think it's, it's kind of worth the investment. Um, because they're, you know, they're such a good team, but I just don't think there's a lot of value here at lying minus 114 on the road. The Mets are a really good team. The Mets could easily win this game. Um, so I think it's priced really well. Total same thing. The model says 8.2. I'll take a flyer on the over, but I like both these starting pitchers and both these bullpens enough that I just don't think it's really a great investment on the over. Either one of these offenses can put up runs in bunches, but also these pitchers and these bullpens can really hold teams down. And City Field is a pretty pitcher-friendly ballpark. Weather-wise, we're not going to get much help either way. It'll be low 80s to start, upper 70s to close. And a slight breeze blowing out, especially early on in the day, might help us, but it's probably not going to amount to much. It's probably a slightly warm night in a pitcher-friendly ballpark. Like I said, I think all of this game is priced really well. It should be a really interesting game, but I don't think it's worth our investment, really, from a capital standpoint. I think there's better places to put our money tonight. One of those would be here in Detroit, 710 Eastern first pitch. I love this under eight and a half at minus 130. It's an A grade play. It's pretty equivalent to under eight, probably even around minus 110. I'd love that as well. This total should be seven, maybe seven and a half. I can see why the books wouldn't want to go to seven, but I see no reason why this total shouldn't be seven and a half. So I love this under here tonight. You're going to have winds blowing in at five to 10 miles an hour, knocking those balls down just a little bit for us. We are going to start off around 80 degrees, close in the mid to low 70s. You got a pretty good pitcher in Mike Clevenger, above average. You got a pitcher in Garrett Hill who I don't think is that bad. Now, he does have a 563 ERA in the season, but it's only in three games. He projects to be pretty average. Clevenger's good enough. This Tigers offense, I think, scored all the runs for the week last night. I don't think they have any left in them. One day doesn't change my opinion opinion or the model's opinion on them. Some of those runs I got off Mania last night were unearned. I just don't see the Tigers scoring that many runs tonight. And this Padres offense, as we've seen, can really disappear at times. It's very up and down. It's just, it's it's an average offense that, you know, early on in the season didn't seem to miss Tatis that much. But as the season's gone on, really showed how much, how, how thin they are and how how they really need contributions from the Trent Grishams, from you know, from a guy like Kim who had a had some good outings early on in the season, but has kind of faded here the last month. Um, how much they need Voigt and Hosmer and these guys who are just all these guys are just kind of average. And when they get going, that offense is pretty good, but in general, that Padres offense just isn't that strong. Really needs a guy like Tatis to be in the middle of it. Machado struggled of late as well. I love this under eight and a half. Like I said, whether you're going eight and a half at, a, at big juice like this, or whether you chop around and find an eight, I think that's a solid investment as well. Obviously, if you're eight, you'd love to get more like minus 105. But even if you had minus 110, minus 115, 
I still think it's a solid investment model. I think 7.2. And I'll take the Tigers at plus 166 with the B grade. The Padres are more likely to win this game. Absolutely. This has nothing to do with last night whatsoever. It just has to do with the fact that I don't think the starting pitcher discrepancy is big enough to warrant this price difference. That's not how I felt last night. I thought that the starting pitcher discrepancy was a lot larger. That turned out to not be the case. Manaya really struggled. But as it is here today, I think the starting pitcher matchup's a lot closer. And so I'll be on the Tigers. The way life goes, this is probably going to give the Padres win. I probably crisscrossed them because that's life sometimes. But I think the pot, the Tigers at plus 166 is a solid investment. Model says 142. Laying a price like minus 181 on the Padres, I just think – I just think if, if, if you can't get on board with the Tigers, I don't blame you. They're pretty terrible. If you can't get on board with that, I think you just pass on this one. I don't think you look one line. I think it's going to be too low scoring. That's not to say the Padres don't win by two or three. It just means I think there's just too much risk involved in a low scoring game. Again, with a guy with Garrett Hill for the Tigers and the Tigers bullpen being their strength, I think they could hold this Padres offense down at that point. You don't want to have a Padres minus 180 or minus 185 or a Padres run line ticket in your hand if they're only scoring two runs tonight. Not to say they can't win two nothing. It just means it's not really how you want to look at it. So I think it's either Tigers on the plus odds or I think you just pass and move on and play another game somewhere else or just to get invested in this under. I think the under is the way to look here tonight in Detroit. To the 8 o'clock Eastern, slot angels at the Royals, about mid-80s to start in Kansas City, low 80s to close. And rain in the area, so something to keep an eye on there in Kansas City. Increasing chances throughout the night. Again, it may be like last night and just we have no no knowledge that rain's even around. It may affect it. Hard to say at this point. No wind effect. Jose Suarez versus Angel Zerpa. Suarez is a below-average pitcher, 560 ERA in the underlying metrics. Do say it should be about a run better, but that's still not good. Zerpa in his two outings, a 129 ERA, only seven innings pitch. So it doesn't really mean much. Does project to be about average, though. So you got an average starter here for the Royals against a below average starter for the Angels. Without Trout, these offenses are both well below average and about the same. Both bullpens, I don't trust either one of them, are about the same. The Royals are at home and have a starting pitcher edge. I don't understand this price. The model says Royals minus 135, and I tend to agree that the 130s and 140s makes more sense for the Royals. This Angels team isn't good. I've been saying it all year. I've been saying their offense isn't good all year from the very start. Go back and check the tapes. I said this offense is reliant on a couple of hitters. Now that one of those hitters is out, it's even worse. Um, I said from the start that the, the, the tour pace they started off with would not hold up, and sure enough, it has not. This Angels team isn't good. This, their bullpen's terrible. I don't understand why they're getting the respect they're getting. The Royals aren't good either, but I like their starting pitcher edge here at home, minus 116. I think it offers a lot of value. So it's an A-grade pick for me on the Royals. Been backing them a little bit lately, and it's, for the most part, paid off. This model is kind of coming around and saying, hey, they're not as bad as we thought they'd be uh, to start the season. Now, the total market, the model says 8.9. It's kind of a C-plus pick. Over eight and a half at minus one fourteen, had better odds to get to a B pick. So maybe one you know later throughout the day, if we can get like a minus one hundred five or something, that's probably a B grade pick. I think over is the way to look. I don't really trust either bullpen. I don't really trust either starter, but also don't really trust either offense. <laughs> really, we're talking more about just Kauffman Stadium being a pretty hitter friendly ballpark, kind of a warm night. So I think over is the way to look. I just didn't like the one fourteen. So like I said, C plus pick. If we get better odds, though, that's probably more of a B-grade angle, in my opinion. 18 Easter first pitch, Twins at the Brewers. Now, this one, I've got Byron Buxton as playing. The speculation was he would miss. Um, they had, they had, the Twins had that weird little two-game series. They were off Friday, which is highly unusual. And he'd be off Friday, uh, missed the Saturday-Sunday games. The Twins had another day off Monday. And then he'd be able to come back. That's a speculation. That's how I'm treating it. Obviously, if he's not in, he matters a lot to that Twins team. As Buxton's one of the best players in the league. So with him in, I think the Twins should be slight favorites. So I'll take the Twins at plus 102. If you could guarantee me that Buxton was playing, anything at plus odds on the Twins I think is B-grade value. But just knowing that there's a chance he doesn't holds me back a unit on this one. So again, with Buxton in, the model thinks the Twins should be a minus 104 favorite. That's just something to keep an eye on throughout the day if we learn more about his status. 
But I'll take a B grade on the over nine. Dylan Bundy versus Ethan Small, two below average pitchers according to the database. Bundy, maybe not as bad as that 471 ERA, but definitely not a good pitcher. Ethan Small's a prospect who looked really good in his first two innings of his major league debut. Um, I think it was maybe on Memorial Day. Uh, really blew up in the third inning, though. A young guy, he's got a chance to put it all together one day. Uh, I don't think it's now. I, you know, this is a guy who I, I, I own in my dynasty league. My understanding of the research done on him, the, the Brewers would have preferred to keep him in AAA all season. But with some of the starting pitcher injuries they've had, they just felt like they had to try something different. You know, they I mean, they tried Chichi Gonzalez for a while. I mean, that's bad. Um, and now they finally give it up on Jason Alexander. Like I said, Small's a prospect. He might come up and do it, but he still needs some work. He's still probably not able to really pitch great at this point. I, I get it. I see. I get. It. I, t- I would take a chance on him as well. It's just maybe not the ideal situation. So the model has him at a one eleven, a guy who maybe some upside, but not one I have a lot of confidence in. The model says nine point six. Again, if Buxton's playing, I definitely tend to agree with that. This Twins offense should score some runs. Brewers bullpen's really good, but it's really top heavy. Hater still looked a little sketchy his last time out, so that kind of matters as well. Twins bullpen's just average. Just Brewers offense. The biggest thing with them is they're just so hit or miss. Um, Bundy's a guy who can give up some home runs, and the Spurs offense is so reliant on the home run. They can hit a few home runs. The Twins get a few runs off a of small. This game should be, you know, four to four by the sixth or seventh inning, and at that point we just need a couple more to get over nine. So I like this over nine, but this Brewers offense is just so hit or miss, and there's a lot of question marks around small, just how good he'll be here translating coming up from AAA, how effective he can be. Too many question marks for me to give this an A grade. But we have that push protection on the nine. And again, I think over way to look. It's just only a B grade, in my opinion. 840 Eastern, start time, White Sox at the Rockies. About 80 degrees to start, low 70s to close. Winds will be blowing in at about 5 to 10 miles an hour to start, but then shifting more across by the end of the game. Michael Kopech versus Herman Marquez. Kopech is a 336 ERA, but the advanced metrics say it's all smoke and mirrors. That the His, his ERA should actually be about a run and a half higher. So Kopech actually rates below average in my database despite that shiny ERA. So a guy I'm kind of looking to fade in general is I think he's probably a little overvalued. Herman Marquez, other story, 547 ERA, but the advanced metrics say it should be a full run lower. Model thinks Marquez is a much better pitcher than Kopech. Of course, the difference is the White Sox offense is still better than the Rockies offense. The White Sox bullpen is much better than the Rockies bullpen. Games in Denver. Rockies have a huge home field advantage. I'll take a flyer on the Rockies here at even money. The model says White Sox minus 106. The model says there's no value either way. Given how much the model hates the Rockies, though, I think I'll take the Rockies kind of happily and say, hey, if the model's not fading the Rockies, they're the side to look at. And that was the case yesterday. The model didn't hate the Rockies, so I took the Rockies, and they got us a nice plus odds winner. It's kind of that same thing. If if the model truly, as as many adjustments as it's making on the Rockies and trying to catch up, if the model still fades the Rockies, I'll still trust it, but... Anytime it kind of says in the middle here, I'll take a chance on the Rockies because um, the, the, the Rockies are public enemy number one, according to this model, for some reason. I, I can't really tell you why. With regards to the total, I'll take the under 11 as a B grade. The model says 10.3. Again, I don't think Kopech is that good, but I'm not sure this Rockies offense can do that much damage against him. I don't think they're that good. They will score some runs, especially in that park. I don't think they're, I don't think Kopech is going to go seven shutout, but I don't know if this Rockies offense is good enough to put up you know, eight runs off of him or something like that. Uh, Marquez, again, is a solid enough pitcher. He's looked a little bit better as of late. I think he can, again, be mediocre enough. There will be some runs in this game. I just don't think we can get to 11. 11 is just a really high total. It is a obviously a huge hitter from the park. But it's a chillier night. It's not one of those 100-degree days where the ball just really flies. I think these pitchers, pitchers are decent enough. I think we could say under 11. B-grade pick, not what I'm overly confident in just because of the fact that there's a lot of variability in that park. But again, model says 10.3. We've been over in some of the games in cores recently. So the fact the model says under, I don't think there's any systemic bias there. I think we can get under this 11. And we have that push protection. If we get to 5.5, we can still cross our fingers and say hopefully it only gets to 6.5 and get out with a push. 9.40 first pitch. Eastern time there. Giants at the Diamondbacks. Carlos Rodon versus Tyler Gilbert. Redone, obviously really good. 295 ERA, advanced metrics. Say it should be a little bit better than that. 
Taylor Gilbert, not a good pitcher. Guy we talked about yesterday as he was bumped back a day. Not a good pitcher at all. Giants have an edge on offense. Bullpen, I guess the Giants maybe have an edge, but I don't trust either one of these bullpens. And, of course, a huge edge with a starting pitcher. I'll take the Giants at minus 184, but I think this game's priced really well. There's not really much else to say about it. The model says Giants minus 176. Not enough value to take the Diamondbacks, but too big of a price to really um, feel confident laying it with the Giants. I think it's a stay away, really, at this price. I'll back Rodon just because I think he's really good, and I don't trust Tyler Gilbert whatsoever. Um, but, I, like I said, the price is just too steep to like the Giants too much, but not enough value in the Diamondbacks to really like it. I'll take the over 8.5 with the B grade. Model says 9.2. Really, this is about the bullpens. I think my take on this total really comes down to how you feel about Radon versus this Diamondbacks offense. The Diamondbacks scored a lot of runs last night, but in general, I don't think they're a good offense. And it's a Diamondbacks offense that does worse against lefties. So the way, in my opinion, that this over doesn't hit is if Radon goes seven, maybe eight strong innings. Radon has had inning issues this year. People have worked his pitch count up. If that happens and he only goes five, this Giants bullpen's going to give up some runs. I mean, they're really bad. And then and then I like this over. And I think this total, again, the model says 9.2 makes a lot of sense. Um, if I could guarantee Redone's only going five, I might make the total nine and a half. You know, I, I think there will be a lot of runs. I think that I think the Giants are offense is good enough to score off of Gilbert. And then it's just how many did the Dimebacks score? If Radon has a really good outing, this over might be in trouble. So that's the other way to look if you don't really like going over. I, I wouldn't necessarily go under as much as I would then go to Radon's prop market, whether it's strikeouts or whether it's innings. Those are, of course, highly correlated. He's going to be the key to keeping this game under and holding the Dimebacks down. The Giants should score. They should score a lot. I don't know if they get. I don't think they get nine by themselves necessarily, but I think they can get six runs, five runs, six runs, something like that. Um, they should have some success tonight. The question is just how many runs do the Diamondbacks get, and a lot of that I think depends on how deep Carlos Rodon goes. So I think that's the the way you got to look at this one tonight. Nine forty Eastern start time. Astros at the A's. Kind of a standard night in Oakland. Mid-60s to start, low-60s to close. Wind blowing out, just like it always is that park. Stronger to start at the game, dying down at the end. Luis Garcia versus Frankie Montas. Um, Garcia, 365 ERA advanced metrics. Tiny bit worse, but a pitcher who I've said all season, I really like this guy. Frankie Montas is good, obviously. I think Montas is overvalued. I've been saying this for weeks. He's been a guy that, for the most part, has been pretty profitable to fade because people act as if he's the only guy out there. And he's really good, don't get me wrong. But the rest of that A's team, yeah, you know, that they're not good matters, right? And I think people are just overvaluing him. Also, as good as Montas is, the model only has him at an 85 grade. I mean, there's a lot of pitchers that the model thinks are better than Montas. So I feel like Montas is being priced as if he's a top 10 pitcher. And I just don't see it. He does have a 316 ERA. He also pitches in probably the most pitcher-friendly ballpark in half of his starts. I, I, I would A pitcher who's a top 10 pitcher in Oakland should have an ERA that starts with a two. And so I just don't think that Montas is as good as he's being priced. He's good, don't get me wrong. I just don't think he's, you know, top 10 pitcher good. Like I said, the model thinks there's a decent number of pitchers that are as good or better than him. The rest of the A's team isn't good. They won last night. Like I made the comment, they're going to win one out of three games, basically. That doesn't mean, you know, they won last night, they'll lose the next two. It just means... They're going to win some, but they're going to lose way more than they win. Model thinks Astros minus 182. I'll take the Astros minus 156 with an A grade. The Astros team's much better. The offense is much better. The bullpen's better. Starting pitcher-wise, the A's have an edge. It's just a slight one in my opinion. And so I think the Astros are the way to look here. Again, the model is giving the A's a little bit of a home feel, but in general, that's probably not realistic. I just think minus 156 is a really good price against a very bad A's team. An Astros offense that can, and hopefully their game plan tonight would be to work the count against Montas and get him out early. The A's used all their good relievers last night. At some point, when you start seeing the same relievers multiple times, they wear down, you know what they're throwing at you. It doesn't set up well for the A's here because either they're going to have to have Montas go really deep 
And again, I think the Astros offense can drive the pitch kind of up enough to prevent that. And then you know, they're seeing the same guys they saw last night, which is more likely to have success. They're more likely to have been worn out a little bit, or at some point they've got to give some of those guys off and they have to go to weaker relievers. Everything sets up for the for the Astros here. Minus 156 is a really good price. A grade play for me. And I'll take the under seven at B uh, with a B grade. Model says 6.4. I can't give it an A grade because this park has occasionally just had higher scoring games. It, for the most part, it still stays really low scoring, but every once in a while, we just see a lot of runs in this park out of nowhere. It's surprising. It's just highly variable there. So I can't give it an A grade because the number's so low, but I do think the number should be six and a half. So I think under's the way to look. I don't see the A's scoring that much off of Garcia. I, I, I just, I think they score maybe two runs at most. You could look team total if you want. The problem with that team total is, you know, you're kind of all in on isolating half the game. You're increasing your variability. I just take the full game under seven. Montas is a good enough pitcher. I don't think the Astros are going to light him up. I don't think the Astros are going to get eight runs off of him. But I think the Astros win. I think they win a low scoring, you know, four to two type game. So I think under is a good look, but I think the Astros at minus 156 offers way too much value to pass up. 10 10 Eastern first pitch, Nats at the Dodgers. Back to back game two, you know, like we talked about, uh, baseball can be random in the Nats with a huge win last night over the Dodgers tonight. Josiah Gray versus Mitch White. Not a pitching matchup that favors the Dodgers. As good as Mitch White looked last time out, I still think he's below average. I'm still not buying it yet. Now, he should have some success because the Nats' offense isn't good. But Josiah Gray is solid. He continues to every time out. He gets a little bit, the model gets a little bit more favorable to him. I don't think he's, you know, found it yet. He's great yet. But the model does have him now as above average so a solid pitcher, and the model thinks that the Nats have an edge there with the starting pitcher. Of course, it's the only place they'll have an edge, as the Dodgers' offense is light years better, and their relievers are better. But to me, as opposed to last night, it didn't work for us last night, of course, but as opposed to last night, this price of uh, the Dodgers, you know, minus 242 is just a little steep. I'll be on the Nats at plus two, 217. I don't think there's a lot of value. I think that's priced pretty well. The model says the number should be 233. So right now the model says... They've nailed the price. You're not going to find value right now on it. If that number shifts, of course, maybe it's a different story, but right now it says this is about priced where it should be. I'll take a flyer on the Nats. Maybe Josiah Gray's figured something out uh, that's that's sustainable and can continue to pitch well. Um, I still really don't believe in Mitch White, but it, it, it's, not a, it's not one that I think is really worth an investment because, again, I think it's priced pretty accurately. And the same thing with the total market, over 8.5 with heavy juice. The model says 8.9. I'll take a flyer on the over, but, I, again, I just don't think it's worth a huge investment. Um, I, I think it's priced pretty well. I think the odds makers have kind of nailed this one. I think there are other opportunities out there for us tonight. And, of course, one of those is our good friend, the Mariners. She got us back in the win column last night there. I, I don't know what else to say about the Mariners. I said it yesterday. I'll recap again. The Mariners are a good team. They're a fairly good team. They're being priced like they're not good. I don't understand it. They got swept by the Astros. The Astros are really good. Otherwise, this Mariners team is rolling. I expect them to continue it tonight. Minus 153 is a really good price. I don't understand why it's so low. Model says minus 174. They should be heavy favorites here. George Kirby is a better pitcher than Dane Dunning. Dunning is just average, a 442 ERA. Underlying metrics say maybe it should be a tad better, but not by much. An average pitcher, not bad, just an average pitcher. But Kirby, with a 3.78 ERA, and the underlying metrics line up right with that. I mean, you have a better pitcher in the in Kirby for the Mariners. The Mariners have a better bullpen than the Rangers. The Rangers bullpen that continues to grade worse. It seems like every day that I run the model, the Mariners offense again right now grades out as better than the Rangers. Again, even if you say they're equivalent, the Mariners should be solid favorites in this game. I don't understand why it's so low. I don't understand why we keep getting value on it. Usually when a team is on fire like this, we can't keep backing them because at some point the price catches up. But the price, in my opinion, still hasn't caught up. It makes no sense to me. But I'm just going to keep riding the Mariners. I think there's still value. One day that might change if they keep winning. People might realize that this team is actually pretty good. You know, not Again, not top tier good, but like maybe in the second tier good. Maybe. Maybe bottom of that second tier. Maybe. Good. Maybe people will realize that one day. I don't know. They haven't seemed to realize it yet. Mariners minus 153 at home against a mediocre Rangers team that's going in the wrong direction for the most part. It makes a ton of sense. It's an A-grade play. 
for me there. And we'll close this off with the total here. I'll go under eight. I think it's priced really well, though the model says 7.8. You can't have a lot of confidence in totals with this Rangers team. Their offense is so highly variable. Last night, the under hits. We've had so many nights with this Rangers offense, you know, doesn't show up, doesn't score, and the games go under. So many nights where they do show up, score a lot of runs. Bullpen the same way. The bullpen's been mostly bad, but... You know, it's more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark there, so maybe it stays a little bit lower scoring, but that Rangers bullpen can give up runs. I mean, it's just hard to be confident in any Rangers total at this point. And again, the model thinks it's priced really well. So, um, again, it says 7.8, under 8, sure, but it's not one that I think is worth the investment. I think if you're playing totals, there's other better totals out there. And if you're looking at playing this game, like I said, I just love the Mariners here, especially the price at minus 153. I will say, though, a little bit more juice on this one, and it does drop to a B grade at some point. Value on the Mariners not quite as high as it had been, you know, a week or two ago. If this gets up into about minus 160, especially by the time you get to minus 165, minus 165 definitely drops to a B grade because you are paying more of a premium to back to Mariners. Minus 160 is kind of that cut point. So if this number keeps getting further out, we are starting to approach the point where maybe people realize that the Mariners should be bigger favorites. But at minus 153, minus 155, upper minus 150 is still a great territory in my book. So I'll recap the A plays for you here today. Got a day game in Chicago. I'm on the under eight and a half there at minus 106. We've got the Phillies backing Aaron Nola, plus 108 at home against the Braves. We've got over nine at plus 105 in St. Louis at Toronto. We've got the Guardians at plus 130 at the Red Sox. We've got the under eight and a half at minus 130 or an equivalent play of under eight with reasonable odds there in San Diego at Detroit. Got the Royals minus 116 at home against the Angels. Got the Astros minus 156 at Oakland. And the Mariners minus 153 at home against the Rangers. And that's all I have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. I will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow's show will be out earlier than today's because we will have daytime actions so a couple hours earlier than today's is until then remember you can eat your betting money but please don't bet your eating money